Robertson waiting on his left hand side. Courtney Perkins driving in. Central in a fight. Mills! Oh, that is outstanding! Top left corner, George Mills! Something out of nothing! Unbelievable! Welcome to Pitch the Park. Don't know which episode it's going to be because we're recording two episodes today, George. Uh, We've got one of the best content gurus in the Australian football space. I don't know, like he, he, YouTube photographer for Melbourne City, Socceroos, like freelance extraordinaire, podcaster, like YouTube, everything. Like you're fantastic. Alexander Jason, how you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm also George Mills' personal photographer. Hey, oh, there you go. It's true. I'd say, like, We're actually recording at, at the wonderful Ultra Football Facility. Um, yeah, thanks to them for letting us to use this lounge. Yeah. But yeah, George says to me before he goes, I see my face everywhere. I'm like, mate, I'm your personal photographer now too, apparently. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't um, have anyone. I'm sure he wouldn't. Um, but, you know, this, this is a very interesting chat. I feel, obviously, we've talked to... We just talked to players for, for at the, so far in yeah. our sort of podcast series. And Simon, of course, as and well. And Simon Hill yeah. as well. Um, but but that was a massive one. I saw that on your yeah. list and I was like, okay, okay. Shim. He's someone that we that we sort of targeted from the beginning, I think. Yeah. When we discussed like potential names, Simon's name came up. I think Mule's a big fan, especially. I think Simon. we're all big fans. Yeah, well. I think we are. I think we all appreciate what he does. But uh, yeah, especially. That's a good list so far. And like even having Kane Shepherd, who's done a lot for Australian football, even yeah. though, you know, he's yeah. UK based. But I'm, I'm so uh, grateful to be a part of this one today. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Um, I think we just sort of just start with your upbringing in football. Obviously, uh, you've got family members that uh, have, been in the, have been in the space as well. What was your sort of upbringing in football and especially within Australia which is obviously a very multicultural yeah. diverse environment I think that word there multicultural is the best part to explain and describe Australian football um, my parents of course my grandparents migrants to Australia Macedonian background and of course I always say this there's actually like a study I want to do someone listening to this probably tell me if you've already done it but I've always wanted to know like how migrants choose the teams they support I know when you look at AFL and of course no code wars here but you look at like how Italians always support Collingwood because of Juventus. I think that was the same as us. I think um, being Macedonian background, we always supported the red or the yellow teams. Um, so yeah, for me, I, my earliest memory was you know Preston Lions, of course, the biggest sort of uh, the Macedonian background. So I remember mornings and afternoons going to the games there as a kid. But also early morning Champions Leagues with my grandfather and my and my dad and my brother watching Man United, a red team. Yeah. So yeah, memories like that, like. Anything to do with football, it's just always family orientated and just community based. It's funny because um, obviously myself being Greek background, obviously you and I know <laughs> each other very well and stuff like that. But always South Melbourne Hellas was the team yeah. that my family sort of went to when they were young, um, and when I was a kid as well. You sort of just, I guess, you followed whatever your parents are doing, and yep. you kind of see that as your pathway as well. Yeah, seeing where your your heritage has come from. So it's, uh, it's interesting how it all works. I wonder what the study would show. There yeah. definitely is a study. I'll ho- oh, I'm, I'm not sure a lot of stuff's been completed. I'm not sure, to be honest, but I don't know. It's it's unique. I feel like I've always had an affinity with sort of like press and lines as a footballing body and sort of coming into the MPL and things like that, just seeing the groundswell of support. Like, what do you think it's about the Macedonian community that brings people together and we're pressing like 3,000 people to games in MPL 3, which That's is... Crazy insane and really has been looked upon as a potential uh, NSD club. Yeah, look, I think in the days, like, um, whether it's now NPL, NSL, you know, A-League, I think the biggest factor in football for us, I think, is just being with a community that see the same sort of um, 
vision in that sort of uh, space where for me I think football I love football because I get to connect people with with people so for example you know George yourself uh, made friends through that so I think it's just that community base and no matter what nationality no matter what uh, sort of uh, you know, upbringing you have, I think when you go to football, it's just this 90 minutes of uh, pure excitement, you know, sometimes stress, sometimes anger, but even when it's anger, at least you're together with others and being upset. Like, I remember a lot of the days where we used to go to Preston games, even when my brother played against Preston and played for Preston. um, I remember once my brother played against Preston and my brother's team won. I can't remember if it was the Zebras at the time, but I celebrated my my brother saving the penalty and everyone started screaming at me, being like, oi, sit down. And I'm like, I'm actually Masso, but my brother's goalkeeper. <laughs> and I think that was the best thing, like, end of the day, football's football. So, um, yeah, I, there's not much to answer to that. I think I p- did I play against your brother how long ago? Oh, it would have oh yeah, the FA Cup. It was a Remember that one? 16. Yeah. You scored, you scored sure. an absolute screamer in that one, I'm pretty sure. I think you no, did. Oh, was, was that against Zebras? I don't think I scored. I think it I was set two up. Nil? Oh, was it was 2-0? It was um, uh, Cessnick, I think, scored. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah, Cessnick yeah, scored. Yeah. It was like around, it was a one, around before the national stages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember that. Because yeah. I remember Alex texted me after the game because <laughs> I whipped in the ball for, I think it was Aaron Reardon, the equaliser, and you were like, you had to just go and whip in a ball. Like that. That was yeah. That was a great game. And the, the Zebras team had a great squad. You know, Jake Bagdash. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit of the, um, the Dario Vidisic as well. Yeah, right? Dario. He actually missed that game though, Vidisic. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, he missed yeah. that game. I think he's yeah. the assistant at um, City's W League uh, yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. was with him yesterday. He's with the, I think he's with White Rider now. Okay. Um, yeah. So a beautiful guy. But um, uh, that was a that was a really sad game. And like I said, my brother playing NPL. Like I still get to watch him play. He had a bit of a season and an injury last year, so I didn't really get to go much. MPL games but it's really good to see Australian football um, hopefully you know bringing the fans back and stuff I love seeing that beautiful a thousand percent now obviously many people associate with you being a photographer <laughs> yeah so uh, the inevitable question is why photography how'd oh. you get into it and how have you made football photography I guess sports photography your your life basically that's well, a very unique uh, career career path to make I think the whole football with photography just happened out of the blue, but my footballing story, basically, I wasn't the best footballer. I used to get a lot of red cards. I was pretty angry. I was a centre-back, left-back, so, you know... George also gets a lot of red cards. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> even though I idolised players like Gattuso and uh, uh, what was the, like, Phil Nevels and um, Nicky Butts and all that, like, just I loved players that used to play for the shirt and just yeah. go for crunching tackles. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so... That, I just gave up football. <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. And um, I started a little magazine years ago when I was like 17, 18 called Adam Not Eve. It was like a little music blog. Um, I used to have this thing where no one was, would hire me for a job. So I thought to myself, if no one's giving you opportunities then you've got to make opportunities happen. So I thought, why not step over the line and uh, yeah, create something. So I created my own magazine Got me access to almost every festival, um, and that's when a lot of uh, music agencies and stuff started giving me work. So Mushroom Music, um, I can't remember all of them, like Future Music, so all these festivals. Like, I was pretty fortunate to work with um, a few labels in Australia. So, for example, like Disclosure, when I first toured, I toured with them. Um, Flume, What's or Not, uh, uh, Little Dragon. So I got to do some amazing festivals. Anyways, from that, uh, that got me into doing uh, photography, which was getting paid. And I thought to myself, oh, I can actually make a job out of this. And then um, I did a lot of NPL games. At the time, my brother was at Northcote City. I did a few of the senior games there. I really enjoyed it. 
And then I thought to myself, oh, I might go see if I get access to Melbourne Heart. Of course, being a Melbourne Heart fan, I was like, amazing. And I remember my first ever game at A-League level was, uh, can't pronounce his name always, the Italian guy that Hart had, Mignolini. Oh, he's one of those like lost A-League players. Yeah. Like those random foreigners you bring in. And, yeah. Like, you never hear Al- him again. I think it was like, Aloisi. Uh, I, I saw, um, Era? I saw this like Twitter thread the other week of like, Former foreign A League players you've never heard of, and yeah. they scored absolute screamers. I, he, I, I think he came up on that thread. I yeah, and he scored an amazing yeah, yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah. I got that celebration shot, and I remember that game. And ever since then, like I thought, yeah, this is amazing. So football photography just happened, and then um, years and years of churning out between. I think it was like 2013, 2014, 2015. I got a call when City became uh, a part of the club uh, at Haas, so when they, City they merged. Group. Yeah. yeah, City yeah. Football Group. I got a call from Julius Ross, who you guys will probably meet today at PFA, mm-hmm. a beautiful human. And he goes, I love your work on Instagram and to all the young ones listening, don't be scared to you know put yourself on the internet like your work because someone's always watching. Um, and then like a footballer, you know, you got to do your thing on the park to yeah. someone to notice. 100%. But you're, you're also got to do the hard works behind the scenes. Um, yeah, Julius called me up. He goes, hey, would you like to be a part of the City Football Team like as in the club? And I'm like, are you serious? And I still remember that moment. I was at Bondi Beach eating a kebab. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my client at the time. And we're just sitting. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I've got to take this call. I don't know who it is. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, yeah, that whole scenario. And I got the job. And then a few weeks later, here I was. It's, I think it's like eight years now at City. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like, uh, what's it like? I guess, obviously, now you talk about City. It's perceived as, I'd say, probably the closest thing to I guess Europe in terms of professionalism like the facilities the yeah. the, the way the club portrays itself within a professional domain to, for me like dealing with you know Dan and Jack and everyone at City has been an absolute honour and why do you think City are able to uphold those standards obviously they have the Manchester City um, you know affiliation but what do you think it's about that football club that allows them to act in such a professional sort of manner oh the fact that they've got myself as a photographer like I feel like that's a position that I don't think would be possible in an Australian sort of culture as a job like because you look at some of the other clubs back in the days they had like one person doing six roles you know the media guy would be the media guy girl would be you know the graphic designer the the social media manager the the player agent like player manager with the media association so it's like the liaison and on top of that they'll be doing the day-to-day stuff you know so these days like you look at city we've got like you said dan jack myself and you've got other people working the thing so i think the professionalism within the staff is what I would say most A-League clubs looked at. Um, and then having the background staff to help the players, you know, look at the coaching staff. And I've been fortunate to watch, you know, championship teams, um, players like Aaron Moy and, you know, even Bruno Ferroli back in the days, Tim Cahill. And having those relationships with some of these players, like to be able to call some of them friends. Um, it's so random, but like one, I think one of the most... Uh, you know, players I got along with was Dean Buzanis. I used to love sitting behind the goals at training and just listening. If he listens to this, it's probably funny, but I used to love watching him just like, of course, coming from a goalkeeper uh, family, just as love sitting there and just listening to him just scream at people and yeah. things. And I think that's the, one of the best memories at training sessions. But um, I think watching the club go from Bandura now to Casey and seeing what the future hold like has there, like the, the new facilities, the, the youth, like, Connor Metcalf and Nathaniel Atkinson watching them literally join the club as kids taking their under 15, 16 photos and now watching them overseas to San Pauli and uh, for Hearts. I think that's for me to witness that just shows you how much City as a club has changed the, the picture of A-League. So I think one of the main things that I sort of take away, I think, from what you're saying as well, is the investment 
oh, yeah. is hugely important, right? Um, I think the, without the money, it's not possible to have guys like yourself involved in sort of like a full-time role or, or in some sort of capacity. Um, all these other jobs that we're talking about within the football club, whether it's at a youth level, admin, on the field, whatever yeah. it is, the game needs investment. And obviously a step forward for Melbourne City from coming from heart to city. And we know what the city football group brings for football all around the world. How do we get the other clubs on the same page as a Melbourne City? Oh, look, there's so much professionalism now. Like I've seen... You know, I've been fortunate to work with Western Sydney Wanderers as well. Um, the media team, they've been amazing with me. Shout um, out Jess, by the way. Go. Jess, amazing. Go. There's a few others out there um, I'd definitely give shout-outs to as well. But, like, you know, being able to work with big brands like Nike as well in the past who used to be the, the brand managing partner for both City and for Western Sydney Wanderers. So that was the sort of connection for me there. Um, but even now with Puma, I think most clubs in the A-League have caught up. Um, we do see sometimes, you know, small things here and there, but... There are now photographers at almost every club. And it's like almost like I've always said we should have a players association, but a photographers association of Australia, when it's like all these photographers <laughs> in the A-League are connected. But I'm, I'm so, how can I say this? Like I feel like, not that I've opened doors for this opportunity, but I feel like I've, um, I'm so grateful to be a part of this Australian, uh, yeah, just seeing so many amazing photographers like there's um, that girl at uh, Brisbane Raw Kiko yeah amazing yeah. photographer of mm. course there's Rachel from By the White Line um, there's so many people J- Jordan Trambotta actually one of these guys that works at Adelaide United yeah he's, he does everything he man. does he's everything they're workhorses so I think was he there when you were there yeah Jordan was there yeah, yeah. he's yeah. OG then yeah um, OG but like yeah so I think most A-League clubs are at that at that level now um Ooh. But and I think it's a full of players. You know, it's up to you guys when you, how you picture it. I'm sure there's no more ice baths in uh, in the rubbish bins like back in the hard days. Have you seen this is DFC documentary? No, I haven't started watching that. Well, they, there is a there is a scene which Milos Ninkovic is in a like a a bin with the ice. Yeah, it still happens. We, man. we still, I think, at the Raw, we we did it quite a few times. <laughs> when we when we were at uh, our first training ground, I think when Robbie Fowler was there, the one that we eventually got moved on from. Um, they had like sort of these portable, you know, ice baths, which yeah. were really nice. You know, had the step to get into it. But then we had to go back to the old rubbish bins where you had to like, you know, hop in and just oh hop man, back it's out. Awful, <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. It would come up to your chest, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I think just within a media lens, it's like it's very nerdy for me because like, no, yeah, you know, I like the media stuff. But um, I guess for you getting those opportunities to, to do for Melbourne City, I guess other opportunities. I remember listening to one of your podcasts when you talk about uh, you going to the Asian Cup, I think <laughs> was it with Nike, uh, and, uh, and that brought a relationship, I guess, with the Socceroos. And yeah. obviously you went to that recent camp in, um, in Queensland. And I think, did you go to New Zealand as well? No, I didn't, didn't go. Just, yeah, well, yeah. I, I guess how was that experience to be in Queensland, such a focal point of, of that campaign? And just discuss, I guess, your affinity with the Australian national team as a whole. I think, the, the, again, to the young ones listening, and something I want to make sure that anyone listening, like if you're pushing to go in that career path, it's not easy. It does take time and there's a lot of like sacrifices you have to make. Of course, now I've got a daughter and one on the way. So it's tough, you know, to, to pursue your dreams. And I think Qatar, if my wife is listening, I'm sorry that I'm going to Qatar with the team. I'm so fortunate. But like the week I get back, I, I literally have to leave the day after the third game, which is, is it Tunisia? 
Yeah, Tunisia. So the we, wife we, is best Jew. Hope, best hope we don't make... Uh, yeah, make so like I, I can't even go to the second round because my wife is due that week. So shout out to her for being <laughs> an amazing woman that she is. But the story, like how it all started, basically, again, make a social media account, um, always upload, go to every game possible, promote it. Um, yeah, tell your version of Australian football and you'll get noticed. And I think that's the best way to get to where you want to be. And I, I think for me, um, I was shooting a lot of the Asia Cup. So I started another magazine with a friend of mine. We called it The Turf. Um, that was a free publication, little paper we used to give. We are Nathan Coe's Cafe, Coe & Co. We used to drop it off there. Right on Uncle Rocco's. were a few places we just like left these magazine types papers. And we had like game days. Until we got told off by a certain um, organization that we can't promote the league in a paper form. And then that was pretty awkward. Um, so we had to bin the whole magazine. And I was like, oh, well, that's gone. But the Asia Cup was going on. And then Nike rang me up and they're like, hey, um, this is Nike Portland. So not Australia. This is Nike uh, USA. So actual head office. They're like, hey, um, we want to fly you to the final. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I shot every game. The final will be amazing. So against Korea. They're like, we want to make a special book for all the players to have you know, but you're shooting both Socceroos and the Korean national team. And I was like, okay. So I was sitting in one spot. Anyway, so have you heard the full story? Yeah. Have yeah. you heard the full story? I haven't. Anyway, so it was like, <clears throat> so it was like 11th hour basically booking and I get told I have to fly the next day to the final to Sydney and the only flight available is like a 3 p.m. to get there, 5 p.m. The game started at 7.30. And it's, but it was at Stadium Australia, which yeah. is in the and middle of Western like, Sydney. Yeah, like, Photographers especially, like we usually get to the ground at around, let's say, an hour and a half before hour. Of course, like photographers, like earlier, like yeah, early, yeah early, briefings early and everything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was stressing, but they're like, yeah, the perks is yeah, the only flight available is this one uh, business class. <laughs> so I was like, oh, hundred percent, let's do this. Unbelievable. Yeah. So business class flew up, got there, got to the stadium, got the stadium like six o'clock. Game starts seven thirty. Missed the briefing. They go to me. FFA goes to me. You have to sit in that corner. It's the only spot available. I'm like, I'm going to miss the whole game. And I think this was one of the questions on your Twitter. Is football photography like a mix of talent and luck? And I have to say, it is definitely a mix of luck as well. More more so luck because you've got to be lucky where those moments are. Of course, when you score, you're not going to be like, where's the photographer? Although I have told Jamie McLaren multiple times, I'll be in that corner, find me. And then he runs to the opposite side and then his partner messages me like, well, he he missed you again. I'm like, yep. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, so that game, got to the stadium. I sat in this corner. I got the, the not, I think I got every goal except for James Troisi moment. But when James Troisi scored, there was that moment of the photo that I love still. It's so sad. But the Korean players in three, three in the line, all on their hands and knees, crying their eyes out. And then one player's picking him up. And it's like this pure sort of sadness, but in the background, see a goal just celebrating. And I think actually one of my favorite moments was Mas Luongo ran. There was no photographers near me, but he ran straight to me. And there was this one little like pole, it's like a GoPro or something. I think it was like a fisheye. And he jumped and then Tim Cahill jumps over, Frainius jump over. Everything's right in front of me. So imagine like, was it like 80,000 people at that stadium? Yeah, yeah, I think it was all out, yeah. So 80,000 people watching this one celebration moment and they're right in front of me. And if you watch it on the game replay still today on for, on YouTube, you can see me just like this. <laughs> and like that, that was the best memory. But like that, that job got me so close with Nike and then, yeah, I did a lot of campaigns with them. Um, and then recently, of course, got the privilege to go to the Brisbane camp. Um, 
yeah, I can't say too much about it in a Wait, sense. Wait, did you do those film photos? Yeah. Oh, no. man. <laughs> that was so good. There's a lot of photos that haven't gone live yet, but like, <laughs> yeah, like that that was out of nowhere. That I just got a call middle of this year, like, hey, would you, would you like to be a part of this um, Socceroos camp and going to Qatar? I was like, you know what? I've worked 13 years of my life to get to this point, and I think I've never got to live my dream on the pitch, but I feel like I've finally reached the, the mecca of uh, football photography. Fantastic. Yes, remarkable. Uh, I want to ask George a question. No, no, it relates to this. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I was, I was no, no, no. Like, w- as a player, like, I know I was, I've got good good friends in the space, you know, yourself, Timothy, et cetera, mm. um, about, talk about how important photos are and sort of promote your public profile. Like, how important do you view that, obviously, when you're in the A-League and I guess now at NPL level, how important is that to you? I think it's massively important, actually. I think there's a lot of players who who probably don't understand the power of probably social media and how important it can be because of the perception yeah. um, and everything like that. Uh, but to a lot of players who, who do take their like social media seriously and things like that, it is massively important. We're always looking out for like photos, the way to... I think it, I don't think it's just promoting yourself. I think it's just, like I said, the perception of like you are a footballer and you want to feel like a footballer. And all, all of that is part of it, whether you've got the training photos or the game day photos or even just appearance photos. Um, I think it's massive to players. For me, it was. I always used to hang for photos, this and that. Now at an NPL level, obviously, depending on what club you're at, at NPL level, yeah. you know, yeah. some clubs do. There are some do. really good for at NPL oh, level. Some fantastic no, there ones. is. There yeah. is some fantastic ones. But I think um, Lucas Ramitsky comes to mind. Um, he's at South Melbourne, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Avellino. Yeah, Mark Avellino yeah, is yeah. another one. He's given me quite a few photos in the last couple <laughs> of years. But again, it's, it's all about which club because obviously they go to certain club games. Yeah. More often than not, they're affiliated with a certain club. Um, and then if you feel like me as a player being affiliated with a different club, we don't have a photographer, so you're always relying on like a away game yeah. or something like that to, to get uh, to get photos. But I think it's good because I just, again, it, one is memories as well. The memories of playing, the highs and lows of, of your career. Uh, as, as we touched on, the perception is massively important from the outside. People, you know, not only recognise you as a footballer, but see you as a footballer and they identify that with who you are sometimes, not just... Being a footballer isn't just who you are fully. You know, you could be you could be a dad. Yeah. You know, you're a brother. You're a, you know, you, you, there's a whole other part. Of me, I'm doing podcasts now. You know, like I'm doing coaching. Yeah. So there's a whole different aspect of of my life, but I still associate myself as being a footballer mainly. That's my priority. Um. So yeah, if if you're going to talk about what photography is and and things like that for for a player sense, I think I've I think I've covered it. I think from a player's point of view. Yeah, I kind of wish more NPL teams knew how important it was to have a good me- media game. Like, my brother's been at certain clubs in the past few years, yeah. and their media game's been horrendous. Mm. And then I think Preston got, like, number one in the Yeah, NPL. Preston got Josh Parrish. Yeah. Got but, it. Well, that, what, what the, like, but the thing is, for me, like, if they, even they can work on more social posts, like, actually oh, getting yeah. no, studio I think, photos. You know, like, I've actually just like got... actual engagement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I 100%. think clubs don't understand, especially Australian clubs. Like, you look at Europe, and, like, a lot of my friends up there, there's an amazing photographer called Kieran C. Photo. And he's the personal photographer for, like, Madison, um, all these other athletes in London, or he goes to Manchester and hangs out with a lot of footballers. Um, Memphis Depay's personal photographer is a good friend of mine who lives in Manchester. And, like, these these footballers, like, I know they're higher level than you know most Australians, but they value it. And then when Australian people, uh, footballers, if they were to do, like, a photo shoot, I feel there's a bad stigma behind the footballers where they would get judged by other footballers or even, like, the public being like, oh, look at this, in quotations, pumper. 
And I feel like that for me has always ruined the the photography, football photography image for us because as a as a photographer, I want to be creative. So I'd love to reach out to footballers and be like, hey, let's let's do something. And I feel like there's always limitations of footballers where it's like, I can't post in it. I might get judged. Yeah, that's um, that's a fair point. I I experienced a lot of that personally, like when I was at Adelaide and and, play, and places like that. Especially being a young kid, because as a young kid, you're obviously you're easily targeted in terms yeah. of lads taking the piss out of you or or, or whatever. But it never used to phase me. So um, if you show that sort of, and it's, you shouldn't have to. But if you show that certain level of like resilience, it kind of like it kind of phases out. But yeah. that's the initial thing. Like if I went to do a photo shoot with Alex when I was eighteen at Adelaide, I would have got the piss taken out of me by everyone. Just saying like you're a pumper or yeah. like, you know, you know, you're not it's you're kind of not uh, how do I put it? It's almost like you're not taking your football like as serious or first or somehow it's not you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, the, it's sort of like you're focusing more on other things than football. But I think it's so um, so wrong. It's so <laughs> to wrong. Think of it's it. so backwards. Especially in Australia, like such a backwards ag- thing. Again, too. like uh, uh, that's one thing. NPL definitely needs to fix that up. Like yeah. allowing clubs to have a bit more freedom with the, yeah. what they do. But yeah, look, I think footballers in Australia they're not allowed to share the image. One of my favorite footballers that I've met recently, actually, had the privilege to work with him at the Socceroos camp, was Aiden Hustrich, and like. He's got his own personal photographer in, in, uh, in, he had one in Germany, now he has one in Italy. Um, but like, we're speaking on the cab to the airport. He's like, yeah, like, you know, this photographer, we hang out, we do some photos, like my favorite outfits. And like, you are literally like one of the, probably the most like underrated footballers on and off the pitch. And I yeah. wish a lot more people like literally had that image. Yeah. Of course, we got like, you know, maestros like Aaron Moy who don't, probably won't do photo shoots. No. Nah. But he does the job on the, on the pitch. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. amazing, yeah. amazing footballer. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Aiden, um, yeah, really opened my eyes to see how European football influenced his mindset. Yeah, that's how it is, Alex. Because I remember, again, because again, Aiden's at, at a much different level. But I remember coming back from the UK and my sort of mindset was sort of sits with sits with Aiden's sitting because you like when you're a footballer you're in the eyes of the of the public all yeah. the time you know your image is really important to to a lot of people not just yourself right uh, especially to your own football club as well over there your image has to be you know spot on and I'm not talking about in the sense of just capturing a photo I mean about everything yeah, yeah. You do with your life um, so that was sort of my my sort of thinking when I came back and obviously I was a professional footballer and things like that. But yeah, it's sort of a like you, like you say, it was a sort of a backwards mentality where no, no, you just being a footballer is just training, going home, yeah, not doing anything, not like, not posting anything. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you post a photo, you get the piss taken out of you. It could be of anything, a photo of yourself, a photo of your friend, or something. It's like a, it's like you've done, you almost feel like you've done something wrong sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I, I know the feeling because I've had players say it to me as well, especially younger players. I'm just like I just don't take any notice no. of it. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. But I think we're getting there. And as a photographer in this game, like I'm hoping um, it opens up doors for others to yeah. get creative with future footballers. But yeah. Yeah, no, that was a very insightful sort of <laughs> conversation about that. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, har- I'm happy that Alex brought it up, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I would have. Honestly, I would it's not a subject put, that yeah. I'm so touchy about. And that's why with Ultra, I mean, I'm not, not plugging Ultra to this podcast, but oh, please, we've, we've started the magazine everything. for a reason to give these footballers an image, but also an opportunity to speak their mind. And I think that's another thing I really disliked over time is some of the magazines we've had in Australia, like 442, like amazing for what they've did mm. over time, but I just felt it was so one-dimensional. Yeah, I think... Um, 
that's a very interesting point you make because like obviously I've kicked 360 and stuff and I think where we try to deviate ourselves is we do features but it's not just about on the pitch stuff I think yeah. we want to delve into the character and things behind that I think something that comes to mind is we did a piece on a player that plays in Gibraltar like who does that? Like <laughs> he plays in Gibraltar. Like he hasn't even played. I don't think he played NPL in, in in Australia. And to see to sort of go through that story and and delve into that, I think stories need to be told. Told, told. Sorry. Yep. And that can be uh, photos are so important as a vehicle for that. Um, and I think the, the the more publicity that Australian football gets, the the hopefully the the, the more players can express themselves because ourselves as football we're such an, an in a unique position yeah. especially with kits and things like that and all the fashion that comes alongside that and um i guess it brings me to my next point how important <laughs> do you feel as if kit culture is to the growth of you know not just, not just australian football but football in general because you know you i'm gonna be honest here you basically got me into kits a lot more <laughs> i'm being dead set like Oh, look, I think uh, talking shirt, the podcast I started and even the YouTube channel I started just at the start of the, the pandemic, w- I always wanted to do it. I always had an obsession with jerseys, but I never had the the passion to spend that much money. And I think being in your room all day, I was like, nah, I'm going to spend money. And I spent way too much money. But of course, I didn't spend it on holidays and stuff. So of course, the wife got gifts as well to anyone listening. Um, so I had to share it both ways. But <laughs> football jerseys now... I think one of my favourite jerseys in Australian, like, sort of history is always the spew kit, and I still want to get an original one. Oh, yeah. But if it was uh, NSL, NPL, or A-League, it would be the Kappa Chicken Treats. Perfect. Yeah, the Kappa, yeah, the, yeah. Those ones are goaded, man. Oh, by far geez. the best one. Even some of the old um, Hellas kits. <laughs> oh, yeah. Insane. Heidelberg yeah. has some amazing ones. Yeah. Preston's got nice Brookwood receptions on black and yeah. red now. The, the Varda um, colours. There's been amazing Rockdale. I've got random Rockdale City Suns kits, Illin Den ones. I've, oh, I've just asked Hakoa to send me a bunch of jerseys. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. There's so many. Um, even, even um, uh, fun fact, uh, the, the Brisbane Strikers, they base their kits on Parma. And they even had Parmalat at one stage, which is exactly the same replica as when Cannavato played. Uh, was Cannavato played at Parma, I think? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parmalat. So there's a blue and yellow. Similar. So similar. So everything was the same. And that's the one kit. So if anyone listening has a Brisbane Strikers Parmalat kit, please let me know. I would love to buy it off you. Yeah. Um, I, I guess just for yourself, like we had the A-League launch here, I think, what, three weeks ago now. Yeah. And that was obviously incredibly busy. Uh I guess partnering with Ultra, uh, what, what's that relationship been like? And your, well, the store's only been here for about a year or so. So yeah. I guess how did you get involved with Ultra and what's that process been like? Because you're basically here every couple of days, which is insane. You basically live here. Yeah, technically. <laughs> well, the whole APL and the launch of the A-League thing, APL has been, again, the access all areas. I've, knew, I've known about it for a few couple of like weeks and so. And when I found out it went live, it was good to see because they've, they're really pushing to try and get more access and give that image to the footballers. So that's that's that was the start. They reached out to me and, uh, and Ultra and said, we, we want to do this. There was a lot of freedom. That photo shoot idea, like that was between myself, Ultra and APL. So that was amazing. Um, the whole Ultra relationship uh, started, yeah, during the pandemic. But even before that, I think maybe two years of 2018, I did an Arsenal shoot with them. Um, but moving to Melbourne now, they've always been Melbourne-based, but the Sydney store was their flagship store. Uh, Melbourne is now on the flagship. Sorry to Sydney. And, um, yeah, like culture, kit culture, all that. It's always been in Australia, but I don't think uh, anyone's been able to express it. So I've, I feel like I've been able to do that and having the help of these guys um, lend kits and 
like today we've got four photo shoots. Uh, I would never be able to uh, express how amazing that is to say in Australia that we're getting, you know, we're paying models, we're paying talent, we're paying photographers, creatives, all this to make football content for the Australian market. Um, but yeah, like that whole A-League thing, that was just like a step in the right direction. Such a busy day, man. Oh my God. It was no. it was insane. Like, you were here? No, no, I was going to come, but ah. I had things on, unfortunately. Oh, did you, did you cop an invite? No, you were telling me to come. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Actually, well, I was going to ask APR. Because like, it's crazy, because where, where, where we're recording now, like this lounge, the one next, next to us, yeah. they're all interview rooms. It was insane. Like, um, so busy. Like, I think we got Charlie Austin in like the boot room, which is like so weird. Like, yeah. interviewing Charlie Austin. The I know, Nani on the pitch. Just yeah, like Nani on the pitch. Like, Billy Wingrove. It was, it was awesome. But um, I guess just sort of. I guess we're moving sort of like the future and I guess the perspective image that you want to help to project. Um, I guess as Ultra's provided this platform in Melbourne, how do you see things, I guess, progressing in the future from a interpersonal relationship perspective? And I guess, uh, how would you like to see players and I guess football clubs as themselves express themselves from, I guess, a photography and I I guess broader media perspective? It's like, Another th- the story with that talking shirt, like I started out just p- purely just had a lot of time and energy and um, that got me a job with uh, Dynamo Kiev of Ukraine So before the war happened. I did their campaign shoot and then that also led to me flying to Portugal this year for Porto. And what makes me sad is like if the, fa- if the two big clubs in Europe like that, New Balance, are reaching out to a photographer in Australia, I was like there's so many creators in Australia that don't get hit up. I wish more A-League teams and A-League women teams connected with good photographers or creatives in Australia and actually worked with them because there's a story to be told and I feel like there's so many people avoiding to tell the story. I think that's the next step where we need to do that. It's good to see, you know, the RBB, you know, even the victory, as much as I, I'm going to say it, as much as I hate the victory, but I don't hate uh, them that much as much as I hate Western United. Um, well, you're all my pads there, so. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm it's just like, it's a football rivalry. But mm. I love, and I think what the fans are doing now, like, Victory has got a great support, and like it's it's no doubt like of course George on the pitch. When you see opposing fans in the stadium, it makes you love the game a lot more mm. because you're like, I play because I want to make you sad, and yeah. I think me taking photos and even when it's the way and then I'm taking photos on the pitch and I see the big navy blue background. It's like wow, these guys are eating up this whole image, and it's making my job easy. You know, like. Um, I think the future for me is how can I help other creatives get the jobs that they want? That's my job. It's like I really want to make the life of the, the future creatives a lot easier so when they get into this position, they're like, you know, there is that opportunity. Like in the MLS, there was a time where they would invest into creatives like say three, Kick360. They're like, here's money, go promote our game. And I really want, and I think APL is doing that now where it's like, here's this, go tell the story. So I think for me, I'd love to do, I don't know how long I'll be at City because of course, you know, you can't, nothing lasts forever. Um, I'm hoping I can reach 10 years there because, you know, my, my main goal is to move overseas and work at Manchester or, you know, somewhere there or, you know, I'd love, the, there's always the doors open. Um, but I'd love to tell a story of the A-League where I go to each game and like, you know, shoot it but also do like documentary style as a photographer and, you know, away days type of thing. So that's always an opportunity. That'd be, Yeah, I'd love that. 
Yeah, yeah, I would love that. I would mm. love to see that, like an away day type thing. Yeah, oh, I'd love yeah. to do that. It's so like, far away. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Copper Ninety type stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, literally. Like the derby, the derby like obviously we're, we are recording this on Wednesday, and it's probably be out tomorrow. The way things are going, mm. I think we'll put this out pretty soon. Yeah. Um, the derby this weekend, it's expected sellout. It's amazing. Uh, I'm excited. Sorry if I got boogers coming out of my nostrils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's all laughs> Sorry if everyone listening. I got the, yeah. the biggest <laughs> hay fever allergy this morning. <laughs> yeah, big game coming up. It's um, I don't know. Like this, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I like images uh, in the active support stuff. I know we talked about the player relationships and things like that. Capturing fan moments. I obviously, I, I sometimes get said, you know, the, the media distributions from City, and obviously always see your photos and stuff, and uh. We, I personally love to focalize on the on the fan images, and I guess this weekend is a big, big moment. But I guess more broadly, how important is it to capture the fan moment because the fans are the lifeblood of our game. I think when players share my photos, like you know Scott Jamo shared the photo on his story yesterday, or even when Jamie shares a celebration photo, like for me, it's like that's my way of edging myself into history. Like this is the player's story, this is the club story, and this is the moment that I captured. And the big derby this weekend, like, wow. Like, it's just, it's the, the fact that it's a sellout at Amy Park and the Victory fans do that amazingly. And uh, hopefully, um, hopefully, yeah, this is the photo on your wall. Is that, is that the photo of the... the, the no comment. I'm, I'm impartial towards... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's one of the... I think that's the Australia Cup final um, where they had the, the massive TIFO. Did um, you play the FFA Cup final? Yeah. With Adelaide? No, what? that was... This season before. That was season before. Yeah, yeah. Th- there was a moment, I think, there was a photos you shared back in the days. But, like, Adelaide United, again, for me, is one of those grounds where I go to and I, I get petrified by the fans. The snake pit. Oh, mate, it's the best. I always sit near the snake pit. And oh. No one knows where the snake what's, pit what's is. What's the snake pit? Yeah. I've never it's been there. It's a little area, yeah. It's a little area that I, with the photographer sitting near and yeah, this little area. And I get <laughs> I get so much abuse held at me. But when I leave, they're like, sorry. And I'm like, it's okay. They give victory fans. I love them. Like, I love when I walk past and see me wearing the city badge. And they're like, who are you? And they scream at you. And it's Mate, like, the, the I best, love it. The best atmospheres were at that stadium. Oh, at yeah. Cooper's. Oh. Remember the, the, the title winning year, it was crazy. The stadium was full. Especially that last maybe like, let's say five to ten. Is this Adelaide? Days. High yeah, March? Yeah, High March. So excited to see them upgrade It's crazy. Now. When, it's, when it's packed in there, it's such a bad place for visiting teams oh, to come. It's a beautiful place to photograph. I think it's my favourite stadium in Australia really? to shoot at. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. and Banks, Bankstown. That, it Bankstown. Actually as well, one of the best services you'll get as well. Yeah. The, the, yeah, but the, the big derby this weekend is going to be epic and I think for any photographer shooting that game, it's always like a spectacle. And it, I, have, I have this theory for any photographer. It's called the white wall theory. It's like if you have a famous person in front of a white white wall and you just take a little photo, photo on your photo, it's going to go viral. So for me, the derbies are those moments where no matter how bad the image is, yeah. it's going to be amazing because Australian fans and the colours of the city blue and the victory navy is just going to be a spectacle. So I've got – we put out a question on Twitter yesterday for some questions. Um, got a lot, actually. Wow. Um where do I start? Uh, what's your sleep schedule like? This is from Junior Pocket. Yeah, uh, I don't sleep. Now that I'm <laughs> I woke up at five thirty this morning. I wanted to go for a run. Woke up, my daughter woke up, and I was like, "Well, no run today." So yeah, yeah sleep schedule that doesn't exist. What's the next kit at the top of his list to add to his connection? Uh, to collection, sorry, that's from Kesolanki underscore eighty four. Oh, next kit. I really want. Uh, a dry fit advance, which is player spec Nike um, France kit, the yeah. away one with the, yeah. with the, the design. See, like I had no idea about like there were. I had no idea 
Oh, your, your mic just jumped out. I was on mute. Hey, That's my yeah. bad. <laughs> I had no idea that there was a replica and like player specs and stuff. Yeah. And this is the stuff like when you like listen to, you know, his sort of talking shirt <laughs> stuff, you find out this stuff, it's mental. Um, but we've got another one from Sharnan. A good friend of mine is a sports photographer in Norway and he kind of said that getting the perfect shot during play is like a balance of skill and luck. Yeah. Have you ever had any moments when, uh, have you had, ugh, have you ever had any moments you've captured by pure, cl- pure luck? And what is your favorite photo you've taken during a game? There's definitely that story that the Socceroos at um, mm. Stadium Australia. Luck because I was put in a spot that I didn't choose, which again, that was lucky. Luck because Luongo, everyone jumped in front of me. I think the best photo like for that moment would have been that, but also uh, one of my favorite photos was, um, oh, it was a long, long time ago, but like it was uh, Sun. I think it was Sun looking straight at me, but I had like six people walking past me. I think it was a Spurs game here in Australia. And... It was like walking past me and it was just like death staring at me and I had all these people around. It was the first image I took maybe 2016. So yeah, Mad. it was just a lucky moment. That's insane. And I, I guess just on those sort of Premier League teams coming down here, I know we're all United fans, which is good. <laughs> uh, good good stuff. United obviously uh, came in July. Yeah, that was amazing. I was um, very upset that I was not <laughs> here for it. Um, actually quite like very upset. What was that like to... For, uh, I guess photograph him, yeah, just witness them in person. I'm, like I'm that's sure, yeah, like yeah. the players playing against them. I would have loved to be any one of them, you know, economy scoring that goal against them. I would have been uh, something you can live on forever. But to see the Red Devils in front of you, I think I've never had the opportunity because I work most of the time when the season's on. But to see them in front of you and to take photos of players like Rashford, Martial, I wish Ronaldo came down, but again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mature 30 plus year old, I don't have to. <laughs> scream at his celebration but for me it's you weren't like, crying <laughs> oh, but like seeing seeing people like Rashford just like even though you know people have the judgement but for me to photograph this person who will one day retire and that, that's their legacy I have an image of him Bruno Fernandes another player for me I took a photo of him yeah. and I was like like that's in my camera forever like, yeah I yeah. think I saw the one of um, Timo and, um, and Bruno and like, I was like, oh, that's, I just can't believe that stuff really. Like it's, sometimes you just, you have to like pinch yourself like our A-League players playing against like, you know, Bruno Fernandes and stuff. And I guess when you go to Qatar, it'll be very similar to see, you know, Mbappe racing against like Harry Suter. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully. I think, I think for me, like even the A-League, there's amazing moments. Like the, the, the fact that we get to shoot these footballers is amazing. Um, one little thing I would say, most photographers say is I wish Amy Park changed the colors of their seats. Green is a horrible colour for seats. It just ruins oh, yeah, the imagery. I agree with that. It's green floor, green wall. And what about red, though? Because I know that Heimarsh would be, is, no, Heimarsh be a lot Because I know Heimarsh used to be um, grey as well, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, but that's beautiful because that's the fans' shirt. So, like, you get this yeah. colour. So, in the background, you get this colour. But for me, green green and green, like this, like a like a wall on the floor, is just horrible. It's like a Getty Images uh, studio photo. Sorry, it's just a big cry I have. <laughs> Getty Images Studio. Honestly, if you if you if you watch me at the derby, um, look at me stress out. Okay, there's two scenarios that I cry the most at: when Jamie McLaren doesn't run to me, yeah, and when there's uh, when there's like uh, what do you call it? Uh, a little pocket of green. I know people are gonna come at me and be like, "Oh, Green Street, Green, well, what's that? Green the, Street Hooligans." Oh yeah, because they're chairs. Yeah. But honestly, oh, like, Green Street Elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is okay. Way yeah, off topic. Way off context. <laughs> but like, just, yeah, I'll, I'll explain. So, Green Street Elite is like a Facebook page. <laughs> they take every Melbourne City home game, 
and they deduct the total capacity of Amy Park for the amount of people are there. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> but like the, the green seats are ugly. Imagine that seats were just grey or, or white or black. Like for me, yeah. the image would look a lot more Like cleaner. the SFS is like sick. Like, like looking at new Sydney Stadium, blue and all that colour, yeah. that's amazing because like if it's a rainy day and people are sitting, like during COVID when we played uh, n- uh, closed games and stuff, it was just ugly. Sorry, this is the big cry, so I'm sorry. That's why High Marsh is my favourite. It's just red and <laughs> red, the fans are yeah, red yeah. and it just works. It blends in. Love it. Uh, another question from your good mate, Paul. PFC Vintage. Uh, can you have, have I pronounced this right? Because I'm not very oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ava. Ava and, and Feta together. That's the way to go. You can't go. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. If you haven't had Ava, have Ava. I haven't, to be honest. <laughs> no? It's just capsicum no? paste. Oh, I probably would have had yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I probably would have. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how much time we have left. No, nah, I've got to go do a shoot too. Um, but but uh, I guess just the final one, uh, I guess to all aspiring photographers, that's so cheesy, but to, to all no, aspiring photographers, sort of what's your word of advice to, I guess, those trying to break into the industry, specifically, for, specifically football? Oh, look, um, I know we, we would have loved to speak and spoken a lot more, but my traffic this morning killed everything. Um, <laughs> That's all good. Don't live in Doreen. Uh, best advice would be, uh, no matter what, what you want to do in life, uh, don't be a carbon copy of someone else. Uh, always tell your story true to who you are and what you see because only you can be you. Um, dedication and hard work isn't a day. It's, it's time. Time doesn't have an expiry date. But you need to remember one thing, and that is don't give up. Because, yeah, like, no matter if you're on the pitch or off the pitch, uh, creative or not creative, if you want to do something in life, you do whatever makes you happy, and that's it. I think, really? we, I think we leave it there. That's yeah. Fantastic word of advice. You can follow Alex on uh, all, all the social platforms. We'll link that below in the podcast description. <laughs> Most people probably already Yeah, already yeah, yeah. if you listen to this podcast, you probably know who he is. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for taking your time out and uh, obviously a busy day for you. But yeah, hopefully yeah, we sorry, can... Sorry for my, my nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. the, the people can't see it. So it <laughs> oh no, it's more like the sound. I don't want people listening to the car drive. And it's like... Oh no, God. this mic is so sensitive though. You can hear everything. Yeah, it's really yeah, yeah, it's it's picks up everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, done. Anyway, uh, thanks mate. And we'll... We'll see you soon.